decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Guys, how's it going? Lawrence? Long day today, man. Long day. Long week, man. It's uh, I'm going out of the country next week, so like trying to get Scotland, all the stuff right? together. Yeah. Back got, to be uh, with your people. Got to go with my people. That's right. It, uh, it's a little chilly over there, but uh, I don't know. Weather's pretty much the same as it is right now. So <laughs> I've been, I've been to Scotland, yeah. Edinburgh. Yep. Um, we went to, well, we were in the city for two days and we saw a lot of the stuff. There's a big castle on the hill, the very famous one, I forget what it's called now. They had that festival and we were actually there when they had the festival, which is kind of cool. We went to the Glen Morangi plant. So that was pretty awesome. So, Whiskey's yeah. good. Yeah, whiskey had, is good, and it's 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 whiskey season, and it's this temperature. So we had the choice between doing a a tour to see Loch Ness or going to Glenmorangie Plant. And I'm like, and and it was like a bus ride of like three or four hours to get to Loch Ness. And I'm like, yeah, that's well, an easy what? one, right? <laughs> so, so you can go see a lake where there's a non-existent, like, fake yeah. monster that's never going to show up. And then three or four hours back, like, what the hell? I'm not doing that. I'm going to go drink some scotch, man. Yeah, it's pretty up there. But, uh, boy, yeah. that's a long ride for, for a lake. Yeah. So. <laughs> for a gimmick. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a marketing yeah. tactic is what it was. Um, and sure good for them. Could- some people probably did it too. They had to have, or otherwise they wouldn't offer it continually. So, oh, sure. oh no, people people love that shit, man. They, they go up there all the time. It's, I mean, and don't get me wrong, it's it's exquisitely beautiful up there. Like it's really nice. really it's nice, amazing. and it's a it's a landscape you don't you don't really get on this on this continent so much. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second, I just realized you're going to be there doing the World Cup. Yep. U.S. England, I'll be there. So, uh, 
Oh, that's kind of fun, actually. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to find lots of friends in Scotland when we're playing England. So I, that, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that, that I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, uh, that particular part of the program. Yes. I, for two World Cups in a row, was in Rome, Italy during the World Cup. And in particular, I was in the city in Rome when USA had their, their final match of the group stage in back-to-back World Cups. And the first one was the Landon Donovan goal against Algeria. And it was at a bar in Rome called Scholars, which is an English-speaking Oh, I've been there. Yep. Yeah. And they watch football, soccer. And it's like, it was like, we went there and it was like half English people, half American. And you remember the whole situation where it was going into the final day. USA were tied with Algeria 1-1. and Or was it 0-0, actually? I think it was zero zero. It was zero zero, yeah. But they were tied for the group and all this stuff. And if they tied the game, they might not even make it out of the group. They were out. Yep. But because England was only tied, and Landon Donovan scored the goal with thirty seconds to go, whatever it was, it was the most insane. I think the most insane sporting experience I've ever had in my life. Like absolute mass chaos. Mm-hmm. Like the Americans went crazy and the English were pissed and there was the USA chance and it was like I like got like a head rush and like nearly fainted it was like the craziest thing and yeah because I, in in the scenario was that was the US was going to be out they were right gonna be out of the they were going to be out of the knockout stages and then by scoring that goal not only were they in but they jumped over England to, to win, win the, group. the group yes <laughs> and then to cut short this soccer tangent on the Inside Maryland sports. Inside inside, inside Maryland, Maryland World Cup soccer <laughs> yeah. and travel.com. Yes. The next World Cup was the year. They also made it out of the group. They came in second. They lost to Germany, but only lost one nothing. Portugal beat up on whatever African Ghana. team they were playing, but it was Ghana, and it wasn't enough, and U.S. made it through. So that was still good, even though they lost. But that was it's not the too. same moment, though. No, yeah. it, was, it was scholars, though. And then I was going to do it again in 2018, and I was. <laughs> then that thing happened that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> unable, unable to do it, and then I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not gonna, doing it this year. We're not going to talk about that. All right, this concludes you know our this concludes our non-rev sports talk for the evening. No, it does well, not. Sorry, you're out of here, buddy. <laughs> it concludes our non-Maryland sports portion of the evening. Yeah. So, yeah, Jeff, you care about the World Cup at all? Dude, I couldn't name a single player. Is, is 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 Landon Donovan still in the mix? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, he's the captain. So Pele, is Pele still a soccer player? He he's coach, like 80. He coaches but, Brazil. Yeah. yeah, he's coached for Brazil now. So you're going to know some <laughs> of the people. The soccer ball, man. I played soccer when I was a kid for many years, but I just can't, yeah. I can't get into it for some reason. So when you know. turn on, look for Landon. He wears number 10. He's got to be old as hell to still be playing. If I know, I mean, how good around. he is. He's the Tom Brady of soccer. He's fucking with you, Jeff. He's not playing anymore. I'm just he's, not playing. Oh. he's not playing. <laughs> and Paley's even if not, he, he's not coaching Brazil either. So. Even, even, even when yeah. he was, he got left off the left off the team in 2014. <clears throat> I loved hockey Which when I was younger too, but both of them, I don't know what happened. I just um, they just faded. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, you 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 get. I've said this before, but I spent so much time and energy on college sports and recruiting. And then I had some NFL and whatever. And then I just, my bandwidth is not 
wide wide enough for all that well that's part of the thing right you just get older you start having kids like you got like adult problems like you just run out of sports bandwidth like i i i used to be a huge baseball fan huge hockey fan right now couldn't tell you what was going on in either just don't i'm back in the baseball because the orioles Orioles are exciting again so i'm back in the baseball i mean i've caught up here what's that it was fun last season the orioles yeah it was was really fun i was watching every night go back to the Late 80s, early and, 90s. And when they and the minor league system the Orioles have built means, you know, they, they could be competitive for a good five years or so here. So well, look we'll at Larry on the back end. Now his kid's off to college, so he's got a little more a little more sports bandwidth available. <laughs> yeah. But I gave up, like you you noted that I used to be obsessed with soccer and knew every player in every yeah. country. That's how this anymore. started. Remember how this started? Yeah, you, yeah, told, you asked me about starting a soccer podcast, and yeah, I'm like, the, "Yeah, sure, you know, whatever." Yeah, and then that's what we're yeah. One thing led to another, and you know, get we started this thing next week. Next week, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got more. I got more time available in my week. That's fine. Let's well, let's do this and the and the soccer. My my other idea, if you remember when we first started, after we kind of got our bearings uh, about a year into it, I promote I put it to you guys i asked did you guys want to do a like a big 10 podcast or a national podcast if you remember well yeah because we got some sniffs from some national people about that right or, or there's something yeah well never really materialized because you guys yeah. weren't super into it but we could have done that we would have been on the forefront back then we were we were one of the first doing these podcasts. Now they're all over twenty four seven. There were none of the other schools doing this when we started. Now yeah, every, yeah. everybody's got one, but we could have been on the forefront of that Big Ten thing too, or you know a national thing. But they're all over the place now. So yeah, it was it was tough. I mean that I remember having that discussion, thinking, man, I just don't like I can't follow everything. You know, <laughs> like I just yeah. like no Northwestern's leading scorers and. Yeah, I mean that's like I, I don't want to do a crap product, you know. Injury, because... injury situation on Indiana's uh, special yeah. team unit. Yeah, uh, Indiana's uh, defensive backfield is banged up. You know, like having a no. No, there's, there's just no. Um, no, it's tough. No way. Would have been good. Would have been good. Maybe if I didn't have like a real job, we could have built been, it. Great. And mm. I used to be boys with Dave Revson. We could have had. We could have got ourselves a spot on Big Ten Network. We could have done. We could have. We could have been something. Could have been something. A little bitter. I am. I am. Could have. Could have been something. Now we're sitting here. This is. This is like the guy who says, 10 years ago, I told you about Bitcoin. (laughs) You didn't listen to me. I told you. I I told told you you about. I told you about FTX, man. This stuff. I told you, man. Bitcoin. 10 years ago, I told you. He wouldn't be sitting that pretty right now, though. Yeah. Well. No, you would. You still would be. If you got in ten years ago on Bitcoin, you'd be you'd be a a, a billionaire, maybe depending on what you. Or you 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 took all that you took all that money you made and lost in some other dumb crypto shit that went maybe, under. Probably. Maybe, but <laughs> yeah, if you got into Bitcoin ten years ago, you'd be well off right now. Yeah, even though it's any. Do, do we have any other regrets we want to air out now that we're here? Is is it? Uh, <laughs> We need to like get out the Festivus poll or something like. <laughs> yeah. Area yeah. grievances. Uh, I got a compliment in the YouTube chat on the on the shirt. Man, okay, that's a. Manders. 
I don't, I don't want to, I don't really want to get into it, but like, that was like, that was an incredibly stupid football game that <laughs> just, I couldn't, couldn't believe I was watching. That was, that was weird. And again, just the smallest little tangent, Danny Snell on the team. I might, I might have to jump back in, dude. I don't. Is he selling the, the cloud? Team? The cloud has been lifted by that. Is he definitely now selling? To, now he's going to try to reverse course. Watch. Yeah, I know. It, it, I won't believe anything till the ink is dry. A little taste of, little taste of success now, and he's going to yeah. try to dig his heels in. This, Worried this, about that, but but yeah, Larry, he's he's they've you know got Bank of America's you know more securities set up. Like they're they're actually auctioning off the whole thing. So um, that's good news for some of us who've been rather disillusioned uh, by the whole by the whole the, thing last. The football and baseball plus. situations are almost exactly reversed for the cities. Baltimore had the longstanding franchise with success in the 80s and 70s and stuff. And, and then in came this baseball team, and Baltimore had this awful owner and has this awful owner in baseball. And then, Who's worse, Peter Angelos or, or Snyder? Exactly, Snyder. and it's exactly reversed where Washington had the, had the team the established team and mm-hmm. now has the alpha owner Baltimore's franchise team came in won Super Bowls. Whereas in baseball, Washington came in and won a world series. Like it's exactly reversed. It's very funny the way. And they're both right. Team. I don't, right. I was going to say for someone like me and me and Jeff's age cohort who grew up around here, you became an Orioles fan and a Redskins fan. Like that yeah, was right. it. So like, you know, for anybody between, you know, <laughs> you what the worst of both. Yeah, I mean, anybody between like what 30, 35, and you know, 50 or 55, like you have that combination of two shit owners. I mean, that's the reason I wasn't a baseball fan anymore. Angelo sold off that 97 playoff team. I was out. I was like, I'm done. I, I, I paid a little bit of attention uh, till Cal retired, and then that was it. And, you and know, then on top of those two, you add in a pretty sweet decade of Maryland football and basketball. Decade plus, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the one decent decade of for both. No, I I'm guess. being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I'm talking about 2014 to now. Now, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, you could really go back to 20, 2010, 2011. Did I say 14. I mean, yeah. Now is what I meant to say. Yeah, I didn't watch the Redskins. Sorry, Commanders on Monday night. But all I know, the Ravens are gearing up for a deep run here. That's all I'm saying. They got a shot. They're, everything's coming together right now. They got an easy schedule. They're going to be one of the top seeds in AFC. We'll Good see. for them. I have some um, I, 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 Again, and I've always just – I don't even have hate for the Ravens anymore. Like, I'm just yeah. insanely jealous. Like, good for you guys who, like, held out and, you know, we're just Baltimore people who, when they showed up, you got to have your own – you know, pro, uh, franchise and yeah. it's incredibly well run and smart and does things the right way. Like, yeah, my good son, for you. My son, who obviously, as I've said many times, is hardcore commanders fan. Of, why don't why can't we just draft like the Ravens? Every guy they draft is good. I'm like, management matters. You know, they have a yep. good organization, good people. And we have starts from the top, man. It's not, it's not entirely true that everybody they drafted, they've had some, clunkers too oh yeah well i mean it's it's just a 
you know, the better managed teams with better people and better scouting departments and the better organizations usually do better with that type of stuff. I mean, we all talked about the Steelers and how great they were as a, as a franchise for decades. And now they're in the dumps because they can't find a quarterback, you know? So yeah, it, uh, it happens, but hate to uh, see it. You hate to see it. Oh, uh, no, you guys really hate to see it. Hate, hate to see it. Yeah. Just hate to see it. Hate to see it so much that you, that you love to see it. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So are we going to waste. Hello. Can we just talk about this and not talk about the football team? Because, right. I mean, I'm fine with that. If we exactly. just, like, make our way to when Naki shows up at eight and then we're, we're good. You know what that was, Paul? That was, like, when you're at dinner. Everybody's done and you had your desserts and you have your after dinner drinks. and They're kind of sitting there. And there's this moment. It's unspoken, but everybody just kind of knows, oh, and everybody just kind of gets up together to go. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That just happened with us. Yeah. We both just were going to segue right into the shitty yep. things that we don't want to talk about while we spent the first 20 minutes of the show talking about other stuff. We've, it we, just we, happened. We, we burned out all the all the relevant topics that we have otherwise. Well, and so. irrelevant to- topics. Yeah. But yes, bad things in football. They're still going to be going to a bowl game no matter what. Paul, I know you have educated yourself on the bowl scenarios. So tell me where we're going. I don't know. I mean, it does seem like based on Evan's comments the other day that the Mayo Bowl is certainly interested. I imagine the interest would be reciprocal due to the pretty easy drive. Um you know, you'd like to aim higher. I think I think Evans even mentioned um, the possibility of Music City if things fell right. But it sure looks like we're going to be dumping mayo all over ourselves. Um, hey, and that's best case, that might be best case scenario, realistically. Yeah, right. That's that's assuming that you do, you know, not get decapitated on Saturday and still beat Rutgers in that last game, which is not, you know, that's not a gimme. I mean, there's no gimmies in this conference. I still feel pretty damn confident about about that game, but um, I don't know. I I, I would agree. I think uh, Mayo Bowl's best case scenario. You could fall as far as Detroit or Phoenix, though, and you know that ain't great. That ain't really ain't great coming off of the way that uh, September and October were around here. So I don't know. It kind of just is what it is. Which one gets lower? Which one gets lower attendance of Maryland fans, Detroit or Arizona? Arizona's Phoenix. Far and ex- far and expensive. That's like a that's like Detroit, an eight hundred Detroit in December. So I don't. I know. mean, Detroit. Detroit is Detroit. It's an indoor field. You know, I don't know ACC opponent. Maybe there's a little bit of a draw there, but Phoenix, man, it's nice in late December. But that's like an eight hundred dollar round trip flight from here and. I mean, I'm going just about any case except for Phoenix. I think I'm not spending that kind of money just to go out there for like a 10 a.m. kick on a Tuesday morning in between Christmas and New Year's. That's not that's not most happening. importantly, the Nashville live show dream might be dead. I'm pretty sure it well, it's dead unless they pull a miracle on Saturday. You pull a miracle on Saturday, everything's back on the table. But isn't Dallas possible also? Which one is that again? I forget the name of the bowl, uh, but Dallas is one of them as well, I think. I think that's the one above Music City, maybe. Oh, I, it is. I, I, I thought it was lower. I don't know. It does, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. I mean, I, I think what's the, uh, the other issue here is you're going to get 
in that scenario, right, where it's just going to be a jumble of like seven and five, six and six, Big Ten teams, all those Big Ten West teams. So, like, I have no idea how they're going to decide who they want and why they want them and whether, say, Aaliyah is a draw for us that you know, maybe, a, you know, I don't know, uh, Iowa or, or whoever else is over there and that Purdue ha- you know, doesn't have piece of hell out of me. But just list, just reading – I will, yeah, I will just say reading that 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 Damon Evans article on the on InsideMarylandSports.com, uh, you get the feeling that I think all parties would be fairly happy with uh, with going to Charlotte. So, so that's the best scenario. I mean, you have people who live in the region. It's a decent little road trip. You know, it's only a few hours away, and it's like a. I mean, Charlotte's a growing. I mean, it's exploding. So. We can have some fun down there for sure. I mean, yeah. is that an ACC opponent too? Yes, I think so. So you might re- you run into yeah. playing a you know playing in North Carolina or uh, yeah. I mean, that you could that could, there could be some old some old juice in one of those. Get the juices flowing for one of those old rivalries, but I don't know. It's it's. Yeah, hard I'll be honest. Work. I I always tell say this. I see the analytics. I, I can feel it after all these years, how the interest is flowing up and down with the fan base, even not just the analytics. You can just get the pulse. You can feel outside it. Outside of the curtain, and it is low right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, flatlining, even worse, I would say, than some of the years when they were like four and seven at this point. I can't explain why. Um, it feels like the season's over. It is incredibly apathetic. Yeah. It feels like the season is over. I th- I think the issue I think the issue is once you start to have those expectations when they're dashed again it's almost worse than if you never had them to begin with Charlie you know Brown I mean? with the football yeah like if you're just going into the season like hell hell I don't know we're gonna be terrible like we're always terrible and the season's over you know on in mid October it's just kind of like all right well this is what we do but when you go six and two you get a lot of people who might not follow this the way that we do thinking, hey, Mara might be all right this year. And then you spend the next two weeks getting blasted by, like, 100 points. I mean, that just crushes you. It just yeah, crushes. They're so, they're, they're so accustomed to that pattern now of wins in September and then crushing losses that once it happens, they are off the bandwagon so fast and so completely. I mean, it's – Well, it's not even, like, off the bandwagon, right? It's, like – like become negative you're just like no this is this is worse like you guys are terrible i don't even want to look at you right now <laughs> like i don't want to think about you like it, it's almost worse than apathy which which is yeah. really just really you. just a bummer and you know again part of the reason why maryland is never going to be a football program is because people don't give a shit when they're not good and chicken or the egg right can you really get good to a point that you can sustain it without the type of support that all these other big programs, even middling, you know, in Nebraska, right. They've been crap for at least a decade plus, but like they still get 90,000 people to show up their spring game. We're never going to have that. Just never going to happen. And I don't know if you can get sustainably good without that type of baseline, you know, infrastructure and infrastructure is people in a lot of ways. It's people who are willing to show up and willing to support you when good times are bad doesn't matter to them like and maryland just is never gonna have that they don't even have that for basketball look at the basketball arena right now attendance at basketball so far unbelievable 
I was not expecting sellouts or big crowds, but there have been no more than 17 people at each game so far, yeah. including the players. It's, it's, it's really a problem. And it's just, I don't know if that's a solvable one. I don't know if you just get good enough. People start coming back no matter what, because there's so many demands for your dollar and they made it so easy to enjoy the TV experience for both of these sports. I mean, hell, I used to I used to have season tickets. I don't have basketball season tickets anymore. I can't yeah, I can't get down there twice a week, especially for games that don't matter. Like I just I'm not doing that. I got stuff to do. I got kids. I got, you know, work. I got other things that I'd rather be doing than watching Maryland beat some no-name team by 30. Even though I can appreciate that experience, right? 24, Paul. They almost won by 30. You're right, and Willard was pissed about that, which yes. I kind of respect we'll, in a weird way, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that, and we'll get into it. Say, though, hold on, I will say basketball is very unlike football. The fans will come back. If they beat Illinois or UCLA, get things going, even if they're not ranked, but if they're good and they're on, you know, on a little bit of a roll, it won't be a sellout every day, but they'll come back. It won't look like it has. Right. Football, you got to really – I mean, even earlier this year when there's – Five and two, six and two, people still weren't showing up. So there's definitely a difference. You know, yeah, one hundred percent. No, there definitely is a baseline for basketball that you don't see for football, but it still ain't like, you know, say more blue blood programs, right? You know, it's it's not that. It may be good enough to compete and to be. Uh, an elite program again, if things go right on the court, but like it ain't, it's still ain't the same. And that's just a handicap. Maryland's always going to have to deal with. And there's nothing, I don't think it's fixable. I really don't think it's fixable in the 21st century. Unless you become a top 10 team. Here's, here's here's how football could become competitive. If they start mandating that, Television contract money gets dispersed to the players as well. And there becomes a collective bargaining agreement and NIL goes away and it all becomes part of a bargaining agreement, just like all the other professional leagues. Then Maryland is all of a sudden on a very even playing ground with all these other schools in terms of the amount of money they have and more than everyone else, except for two conferences. You That's, might be talking to Jim Harbaugh. That's what he's been pushing. Has he? Yeah. Good. Because that would really help Maryland if that happened. It would help. I, th- I do think it would help, and I think it would level the playing field for the, the bottom teams in the SEC and the Big Ten compared to other schools. I still don't think it solves Maryland's problem of just not having any football infrastructure whatsoever. And I just Well, they have infrastructure now. They've got – they've built up the stadium a little bit with the scoreboard. They've got – I agree. I agree. I just think when I see infrastructure, that means two things. That people means stuff people. and people. Right. And I, I, people. we may have the stuff now. Right. I just don't think we're ever going to have the people. And that stuff matters. Tell me, tell me those results that happened in those empty stadiums during COVID, like were the same as going to Beaver Stadium with 100,000 people in it last week. I mean, there's a reason we won that game up there. And it wasn't just because we were a better football team. Not having fans there helped a lot. Yep. Like I just, that's just the thing that it's been, it's been on my mind a lot recently and it just, it feels hopeless, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it feels absolutely freaking hopeless. 
I and, wanted to ask before we have our guest coming up is Chris Knocky. We're going to talk basketball with him, but I wanted to ask, we got one minute until he's supposed to join the feelings we're feeling about this hopelessness, the season being over and all that. Is that your sense with recruiting as well, Jeff? Is it, is there any chance for recruiting to resurrect itself or is this just also this hopeless endeavor at this point? I think there's a chance with recruiting because NIL, <clears throat> they've got it going now a little bit. So that helps. Under Armour's involved. Still waiting for Kevin Plank to come out and you know, announce his involvement. I think that, from what I heard, could happen. <clears throat> excuse me, could happen pretty soon. And it's Mike Loxley. He's always going to pull some late steals, but he needs to pull several. You know, you got to get some big dogs. I mean, we've seen them just out talented in the trenches two weeks in a row. Well, Wisconsin is not really out talented because Wisconsin so develops. Bad. But, you know, you still got to get the, the classes full of athletes. They don't have many linemen at all. So you got to get four or five, you know, late additions, I would say, and do well in the portal. So I would never, you never write off Mike Loxley in recruiting. I mean, the, the track record's there. There's going to be a big flip or two that he's going to pull off. He does it every single year. Uh, but you know, Hope so they need a bunch of additions, a lot. And isn't a lot of the NIL money going to go to just keeping who they already have, let alone trying to get new people? Yeah, I mean, and there's limited that, money. Technically, that's all it can go to. But you can tell the players, you know, we can do this and that. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it would help to have a decent performance this weekend. I'm not, you know. Kids don't choose schools because he lost by 14 instead of 38, but. Uh, sure. <laughs> these blowouts have been rough. The Penn State one, I mean, you recruit against them so often that that, that hurts extra <clears throat> to lose like that to them. You know, If I were a parent of a prospective player, that would matter to me. Like seeing the way that the season dissolves, you want your kid going at least somewhere where yeah. that this kind of thing doesn't happen every year. It helps. Yeah, it helps. You don't want to, if you, if they come in there and win 70 to seven on Saturday, that, that doesn't help. That definitely hurts, but yeah. I've said this before. I, I would never, if I was, if I was a football player of a level that I could go to, you know, maybe not even elite schools, but good solid football programs, I would never even look twice at Maryland. I just Naki, wouldn't. Naki's joining. Let's let him in. We'll we'll pick it up afterward. We'll we'll end on that sweet note. <laughs> yeah. There's the man, Chris Naki. Can you hear us, Chris? Hey, Chris. Look at that! Look at that sexy guy. You're just saying that because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were just lamenting the football season are you do you care about that at all a little bit i mean well yeah. the, the commanders won is that what you're talking about or we yeah, did talk, yeah. and I, we did for a while we did actually note that earlier so we didn't want to talk <laughs> I, maryland football so i you know I, I definitely pay attention i was out of town this weekend and i didn't get a chance to see a lick of the game which uh from what thing. i yeah from what i understand was a very very positive thing so uh didn't break my heart i i'm a little floored it's what's happened the last couple of weeks but um man things change 
turn on a dime in college sports sometimes. So, you know, and, and hope springs eternal. Yeah, so well, we'll, see. we'll see how much hope there is. Everybody. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Can I just ask, uh, do you have any DoorDash on the way at the moment or is that taken <laughs> care of? I, I will never live that down. And uh, no, I, I, I ate. It's all good. Um, and <laughs> you have my unfettered attention. Undivided I, touch. <laughs> I ate right before this too. We had Suter on two weeks ago, whenever it was, yeah. and he was actually out at a bar. His daughter was at dance practice, so he was just killing time at a bar, and he was drinking margaritas on the show with us. So I think he topped you a little bit. Yeah, he was. Uh, just... Do you think uh, you're saying that like I'm empty-handed? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, it's okay. all good. It, it, you know what? He's a, he's a young buck. He's just, you know, he's he's on the go. He's much younger than I. I got to pace myself. Yeah, yeah. He's he's good. Everybody loved him. Very energetic, knowledgeable about everything. Not yep. as knowledgeable about football as our current guest, Chris Naki, is about basketball. He knows everything <laughs> about the history of basketball. Every player from every team ever. Chris Naki, the color commentator for the Maryland Terrapins Radio Network. I think this is your, what? 47th appearance on the show, something like that. Uh, I, you tell me. I have no idea, but it's always I, good to be on I, with you guys. I don't keep track as close as I used to. Somewhere around 20, though, I think. We would okay. get you one of those uh, one of those SNL blazers with the number on it, but we don't make any money. So Yeah. So I got a couple of signed basketballs in, behind me here. I want you guys to sign ink something for me and send it my way, okay? We could do that. <laughs> We can we'll, we'll get like a sweaty Gatorade towel or something. We'll, we'll sign it for you and send it over. That's it. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Maryland has played three games so far. Look pretty good in all three games and incrementally better, you might even say, in each of the three games. That's my take. What's your take on the team so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. Um, I just think that, you know, gosh, a lot of new players and a new coach. I think it's um, – I think – they're, they're as good right now as you could expect them to be. I, I you know, the idea is you're going to be much better in February and March. And um, they've shown some flashes. I love what they're doing defensively. And um, they're, they're just, they've stifled teams. Uh, as I think on, on Jeff's site today, somebody, some of the quote was, you know, it just gets real all of a sudden this weekend. You're playing against much higher level teams, much more similar teams to yourselves. And, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how these guys do. I think they're excited for the opportunity. Um, they have improved. Certain things need to be ironed out, but they're sort of predictable things. Defense to me, and maybe you guys disagree, our defense is so far ahead of the offense right now that, um, you know, and, and I, I suppose that's predictable, but at some point in time you have to iron out issues like shot selection, your rotation, things like that. And, uh, you know, we'll see where they are in a few weeks because, gosh, in like three or four weeks' time, they will have played a lot of really good basketball teams. And you'll have a really good idea what you got. Chris, what about just the intensity level that he's instilled in these guys? I mean, he's, he's whipped them into a frenzy, especially for so early, a bunch of new guys coming together, new system. Just the constant energy on every play to me has been pretty impressive. Look at you rocking the commander's gear. That's Dude, impressive. The first time I can wear this in, with pride since I get crazy. Yeah, it's, it's been collecting dust in the drawer for a while. I know, I know. I hear you. I hear you. 
you know, uh, the, the issue becomes, and, 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 and coach had, had sort of talked about this after the second game, after against uh, Western Carolina. They're so frantic and so intense defensively. It's hard to go back down to the other end and not play the same way. But you can't, you know, you can't approach offense that way. It's more of a rhythmic, um, you know, uh, poised approach that you have to have. So one of the things he's got to impart, you know, and I, I'm going to get really nerdy. I'm going to get tremendously nerdy with you guys. Um, one of the guys who, if you watch coach, Mike Anderson, who had a lot of success at Arkansas and I think at UAB. He was up in St. John's. Yeah, excuse me, Missouri. Yeah, and so one of the things he was able to do, and I, you just don't see this that much, he was able to get his guys to press their asses off full court um, defensively and make it a 94-foot game. And then on offense, they were it, – it's amazing how they – it's almost like a switch that goes on and off and how effective they were, how they shared it, how they swung it, took their time. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to – to impart that kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's an unusual situation. But Willard is, you know, he's, he's staying after it. I love, Jeff, to your point, uh, the way they approach defense. I mean, they're like caged animals, and they've done a good job turning people over. Again, there are several things I, you, know, you sort of need to see as you, as you play up a level. Is that defense, the run and jump, for instance, is that going to be as effective? When you move up, I know he's committed to it, and you're going to see it a lot. Um, how about Jameer Young, who I thought played the first two games, he was outstanding. Uh, you know, he played well in the third game, but he wasn't quite as dominant. Is he going to be able to play bully ball when you get to the Big Ten? Is he going to be able to bully, you know, posing point guards and then get in the paint, get the shot off with considering the size in the league? So these are things we need to ferret out, we need to see. And um, it's exciting. You know, there's a cool buzz. Uh, it, you know, the, the attendance notwithstanding, there's a cool buzz, I think, around this team. The guys seem to really enjoy playing for Willard. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's There's a lot of great unknowns with this team, which makes it kind of refreshing. You mentioned the attendance. Like, do you recall it being this cavernous and empty early in the season, even in years when it was people were down on Turgeon or whatever else? It doesn't seem like it was this bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm hard pressed to kind of figure that out, Jeff. I, I, you know, for those folks that said, you know, I'm, I'm out on the Terps until they get rid of Turgeon. Okay, now you can show up. Okay, yeah. and yet, we, yet we haven't seen it. Um, the, you know, last night was a little different cir circumstance than the other two. Uh, in the, it was just so atrocious here. It was so awful weather-wise, um, and you also had the two huge college games going on as competition, you know, yeah. Gary, Gary Williams is always one of those guys that has, you know, and he will say it anytime you ask him, these games have to be played at eight o'clock. You're not getting people there at seven o'clock. Well, you're not getting mm -hmm. kids there at seven. You're not getting uh, families there at, at seven o'clock. It's just, uh, I mean, at uh, eight o'clock, excuse me. It's yeah. just too late on a weeknight. Uh, you, parents are not going to bring their kids. Responsible parents are not going to bring their kids. <laughs> so, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe split the difference at seven thirty. Maybe yeah. and maybe t TV di probably dictates these start times, anyways. Um, but uh, I'm hard pressed to figure out why there aren't more people in the building. 
Hey, Chris, speaking of unknowns, I think going into the season, one of the few things we were fairly confident about was the ability of the starting five to be able to put it together and play at a Big Ten level. What do you think of what you've seen from the bench so far, and how do you think they end up getting to that sixth, seventh, eighth guy once you really get into December and January and you got to have a, a real rotation? Yeah, you know, uh, that's a really good question. That's kind of the $64,000 question here. I, I, you know, and Willard was adamant after the first game really one of his best players over the last, the previous three weeks. And I'd had a chance to see a bunch of practices. Um, Ian Martinez had really excelled. He played really well in both their, uh, I'll use air quotes, secret scrimmages. They're not so secret. They're not very secret. Yeah. Yeah. And he played really well. And I, I I would guess that he's locked in there. I think they're, um, they're also committed to Patrick Emelian as a, as the first big off the bench using Dante to sort of rotate in there as well, four and five. There are minutes to be had to answer your question. Because to me, I don't, you know, um, I think there are guys that still need to sort of prove it. And we saw some steps forward in each of the last couple of games by certain guys off the bench. But I think that's there's a pecking order there and a rotation that is yet to be filled out. And I, uh, you know, I Cornish I thought was really, really good last night. I watch him in practice. He's got an aptitude. He's got a little bit of an edge, plays both ends. Um, and he got banged up a little bit in practice and missed a few days, which this time of year hurts you. Um, but, you know, if he's capable, you know, there's a, there are eight or 10 minutes there as you're, you know, fourth guard into the game, fourth wing into the game. And uh, maybe he's a guy to assume some of those minutes. So I, I think that's a big part of how, you know, coach approach these first three games. I, I, one of the things I always enjoy seeing, to be honest with you, when we get to these games and uh, this weekend too, who are the first guys into the into the game? And um, my guess is you're going to see Ian Martinez and 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 Patrick as well, Emilia. But who are the guys in after that? Who's earned the trust over these first these first three games? Um, and and that's always pretty telling. Jari Long's been really impressive, I think. I mean. He- you know, it's funny. He doesn't score like Jameer probably sees the court a little bit better, um, but they're both similar. They're both strong kids. Uh, um, been, been impressed by Jahari's defense. He, he gets to where he wants to go offensively. Um, and he's a pretty, he's a really solid backup point guard. I, you know, he's, he's definitely in that rotation for sure. No doubt. Chris, Kevin Willard's off to a very good start recruiting wise. Uh, I don't know if you have any impressions of the kids are going to be coming to next year, that three-man class that's really highly rated. Do you have anything anything in regard to them? And then also, going forward, do you think that kind of success is sustainable for these guys with the assistance, with the local ties he's got? What's your outlook for all of that going forward, recruiting-wise? Well, I think they've planted the flag, right? I mean, I think they've clearly planted the flag. Uh, and generally speaking, when you – start to attract kids like these guys who are the best players in the area, others will follow. So I do expect that they're going to have a lot of success with that. Um, You know, I don't really know much. I don't really, I I get out and see a few high school games. I don't get out and see that many. Um, But I will tell you this, that uh, the point guard from Paul the sixth who committed had gone to an NBA camp this summer. Um, and he'd gone to a, a, to a, a, an invitation only camp that the NBA throws. And I had a couple of different NBA guys tell me they just absolutely loved him. 
and, you know, real leadership ability, uh, real athletic ability, and a really sizable point guard. Like a, kind of a combo guard type. But you know what? I, I feel like we've seen the last of the playmaking point guards. You know, that might have died, might have died with Steve Nash. All these guys were able to score. All these guys were able to, to get to the basket, get to the rim. And um, so that's really all I've heard about it. I know there's great buzz. And these guys, Willard will tell anybody who will listen, that three, these are three of the best kids he's ever signed. And he signed some big-time players at, you know, Seton Hall. And, I mean, that's I think, speaks volumes about the level of these guys. They haven't shot the ball well from three. I think three of 16 against Western Carolina. And yesterday was uh, – they shot like 20%. Four, yeah, four of 20. Yeah, so what's a bigger concern to you, that – or the, the front court where you have Julian Reese, who himself might is going to have some tough nights against bigger dudes and essentially no centers behind him where you probably have Dante Scott playing a lot. I think they're both concerns, but I, if I had to prioritize one, um, most likely would be the three-point shooting because I think this so it's going to be a huge part of what this team does offensively. I, I thought – Though I'm going to draw a difference between what happened against Western Carolina and, you know, what happened in the last game. I thought Western, Western Carolina, the shot selection was atrocious, just wasn't good, was way too quick. Um, and I thought that was sort of a function of being so frantic on the defensive end, like we talked about earlier. I, I really thought in their last game, the shot selection was way better. They just missed shots. And um, I think to some degree they had the right guys shooting them and in spots where they normally make them. I, I just, I thought the offense was better. Um, again, some, you're not going to make every 20 foot jump shot, um, but I expect that they're going to be a lot better than four for 20. They certainly better be. Um, so I, I think that thing will, that sort of thing, it comes and goes. And for this group, I've watched them in practice. They, they shoot pretty consistently in practice, uh, much better than we've seen in the last couple of games. I, I expect they'll be back up to a, to a regular percentage, um, you know, Julian, as it applies to Julian, um, I, you know, you hope that what you're seeing right now is not an illusion. And, and Willard has been adamant about the fact that he loves the kid, loves how hard he plays. He's going to have, he's going to be, have a big year and he better, <laughs> you know, um, there's so much riding on him and his performance. He's got to stay on the court. Um, you know, he's got a, uh, he's got to be a, one of your main guys. And uh, I, I root for the best for the kid. I think he's got a great heart and, uh, and he's just sort of figuring it out. You know, you guys, you guys are sports fans. It's pretty cool to see, see it all dawn on a guy, you know, in, in live action. You're, you're watching it. I mean, he wasn't capable, of it, regardless of the level of competition, that, that's irrelevant to me. He wasn't capable of these games last year. And you watch him out there just sort of, ascending and asserting and doing all those things that's kind of the beauty of watching a 20 year old kid you know learn the game and figure it out while you're watching it's pretty it's pretty awesome can the canadian kid give many minutes backing him up or do you think it's going to be all scott and a million um two thoughts first of all that kid has improved a lot since day one um 
I thought maybe he'd get a couple of minutes uh, mm-hmm. in in some of the in these first three games, but those guys are in practice every day. You know, coaches talk about it. They watch practice film every you know all you know every day after practice. I guess the assumption is the decision was he's just not ready to do that. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, shoot, you know, shit happens during the year and shit happens in games, and you never know what circumstances lead to a, you know, substitution you weren't expecting. So uh, I suppose it could happen. I just probably think that it's, it's more likely not going to happen. Yeah. Chris, can you talk a bit about Dante Scott? I mean, I know personally he's transformed his body a lot in the off season. He's been through a lot with, you know, Turge and then, you know, Manning and through all this stuff, he's back here for his senior year. And at least to to my layman's perspective, it looks like he is just all over the court, expending energy in a way that I'm not sure I've ever seen him do. Can you just talk about about those changes and 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 does it feel like maybe a lights turn on for him? Like, hey, you know, I can I can be a pro if I do this right. You know, I can I can take my game to another level. I mean, he could be a pro tight end at this point in time. <laughs> I mean, given uh, given the change in his body. Yeah, so anytime a guy loses 26, 28, whatever that number is, at this stage of his life and his career, you have to be impressed by that. You can't he, – he's transformed his body, transformed his diet. He does everything you're supposed to do, and he's everything you want your senior captain to be. Um, one, of, one of the ways I think this really positively manifests itself, too, is that with a, with a change in body content in terms of fat percentage and things like that, to me, he is a far more willing defender than he was last year. Um, he, he desperately wants to make sure people know that he can play on the perimeter, that he can cover guys out on a switch. And it's not, um, it's not easy for, for a guy to do, you know, for Dante Scott, 30 pounds heavier to do. I thought he struggled with that mightily last year. And the defensive metrics kind of bore you know, really bore that out. So now he's able to get out on the perimeter. He's able to play inside. His, his strength is, you know, undeniable. I, I just, you know, the points are great. I hope he gets 16, 18 a game. That would be great for this team. I think it's keeping himself on the court, playing both ends. Um, the energy that you mentioned is fantastic. And that's a big part of, of the equation for this team, not just for Dante Scott, but I, Back to my what I originally said. If anybody who busts his ass and loses that kind of weight, you think about it. Could you, could you guys do that? Could you guys get dedicate yourself to three months and lose twenty eight pounds? No, I'm trying right now, and I'm at like six. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's a total commitment. It's not. You know, I can guarantee you, Dante's not out. You know, he's not going to Bentley's. He's not. You know, I mean, he may go go to Bentley's to show up and uh, shake hands and kiss babies, but he's not out catting around, you know, and he looks like a completely different guy. Chris, on your 20th appearance, you know how we end the interviews. Fill in the blank, five rapid-fire questions. Going to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Here we go. The leading scorer on this year's team will be? Uh, Dante Scott. The player who will have a breakout at some point during the season will be? Hakeem Hart. Mm. The farthest Maryland can go if everything goes well in the tournament this season is? 
Second round. The farthest Maryland can go if everything goes well during Willard's entire tenure is? <laughs> uh, national championship. Yes, sir. Number five, the best podcast to hear coaches who have taken teams to championships at every level and taught the game of basketball is? DC Coaches Basketball Podcast, available wherever podcasts are downloaded or are available. And uh, I appreciate the plug very much. There we go, everybody. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with it. That Check is, out. Did you guys ever start recording this season? We record uh, next week. We record next Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It'll drop on Saturday. Uh, I've got a fired up Gary Williams ready to unload on Bill Self and pretty much anybody who will listen. And uh, it's great. We, we're going to do 20 weeks this year. We're going to streamline it a little bit. We've got a lot of great sponsors and a lot of great guests lined up. And um, looking forward to season number six, for sure. Awesome. Felt the rush of easy content that everyone's going to click on right there as you said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's good fun. And, <laughs> you know, you you almost have to limit the, the podcast to, hey, what's pissing you off? That kind of a thing. And, <laughs> and guys, just, guys just rant and rave. And uh, it, the show kind of runs itself, for sure. He <laughs> is Chris Naki. Color commentator, color analyst for the Maryland Terrapins Radio Network. You can find him on Twitter at xcoachnaki. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. Everybody, check out the DC Coaches Podcast. Thanks, Thank man. You, Appreciate it. Thanks. See you, Chris. All right, Chris. All right, see you guys. Chris Naki, always good. He always brings the goods. Oh, every time. Number one, number one ranked all time IMS radio guest right there by far. That's right. He's got to have a got to have a plaque or something. Who's number two on that list? Walt. Walt. Pat, uh, Pat Stevens, maybe. Walt has got to be Walt. There's Walt's so many for sure. Great moments with Walt. Yeah. Like, well, Walt's moments would would win him the tiebreaker if it was close because yeah, you know Walt, yeah. the beep the beep the beep guys yeah yeah. Yeah, well, Nor Norlander at number three. And then <laughs> they're, they're the negative Mount Rushmore. Bruce Feldman. Like, <laughs> who? Uh, Ken, Ken, Ken Pomeroy with the size. Every question we asked him. That's right. Yeah, Pomeroy hated us. <laughs> yeah, we've got to. Oh, yeah, that's got to be a while ago, right? Our, our Mount Rushmore. Just, just just... Asking about the luck. The luck quotient. Yeah, that was. That was the Trimble year with the luck, right? Yeah. So that was what five, five, six years ago. Jesus. Well, look, it, it, people don't have an issue with him having that stat. How far above or below the expected wins as a team? Okay, that's fine. It was just the name, man. Yeah, the name bothered the shit out of me. It's fucking <laughs> arrogant as hell to call it luck. Oh, right. Anybody who doesn't fit into the formula you created is lucky. Come right. on! Luck. It's not that your formula's off; it's that the team is lucky. Come Just call on. it like call it like a clutch rating or something. Yes, like, you know, like like it's you know, so, like the fact yes. that Maryland won those games is because Melo Trimble was really good at getting fouls from that stupid little head fake thing he did and draining free throws. Like it wasn't that he just like you know was really good at picking lottery numbers. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay, we don't need to relitigate that here. The but Mount like, Rushmore would have to be Naki yeah. Walt SVP. He's been on three times. I don't know. Gary. Gary, he's been on a couple times. Gary's just, been loyal. Just because we had a lot of fun with we had a lot of fun with Rothstein in back in the years when we were 
we were nationally relevant. Yeah, yeah we should get him again sometime. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 a good time. We gotta see if we can get Vital back. That was a that was a good um get him back on the in the hopper, Larry. Is it not Vital? I forgot about that completely. I, yeah. I, I spoke with well, him because that, that was when he he had he had cancer again. So yeah. like it kind of put that on the back burner. But I spoke with him. It was before the the cancer announcement, and he gave me the number of his agent to book yeah. it. And um, I didn't because the cancer thing came right out. Yeah. Afterward, and maybe I could revisit that. I would yeah. enjoy that. I that, like I don't I don't like I'm not like a star fucker, but like you know, Vital would be Legend. pretty freaking cool. That would be Legend. that'd be very cool. Gary. Let's get Gary again soon. Yes, please. Yeah, I'll I'll text him right now, Jeff. I'll just get on that. You know, I meet him at ha- I meet him at the Starboard this weekend. So. I, I got his number, Jeff. If you want it, yeah. I mean, I, Paul, I, I, sorry, I, text Paul. I can text him. I, I mean, Paul. <laughs> he reads, he's on the site. He reads. He reads the stuff. He reads the stuff. Like, yeah, it. he's familiar. See, he's, I, did, is he, I, is I, might, I told you about the Patsos joke, right? No. Like, last time I was texting him with it about whatever. And I was like, by the way, I because when I went to his camp when I was a kid for a few years, his basketball camp, it was a Gary Williams basketball camp, but he would like show up once a day for like an hour and then Patsos ran the whole thing. <laughs> so I was texting with him and we were, and I was like, yeah, by the way, I went to your camp when I was a kid and I was like, it should have been called the, the Jimmy Patsos basketball camp. And it just, silence. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I guess I should have kept that one to myself. I thought he, you know, he's got a sense of humor. I thought he would think it was funny, but he's he's still he's still like bad. got that very thin layer of skin yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I got one thing to share for with you guys, one more football thing to share with you guys. Oh, fine. To end it. And this is very a very depressing way to end it, but that's what we're gonna do. This here, do you see this list of teams here? Yes. What what terrible list is this? This is a list of teams who have been ranked at least one time by the college football playoff committee in the top 25. So here we go. I'm going to scroll down through the list mm-hmm. and keep scrolling. Yep. Yeah, we're not on it. And keep scrolling <laughs> and keep scrolling and keep scrolling and keep. There we go. 82 teams. <laughs> 82. Virginia's there. Indiana's there. That list that that people kept posting a few years ago of all the teams that had made Sweet 16s since the last time. Oh, yes, the list. That was they finally got back. There's there's someone missing right here. Between Marshall and Memphis, there's someone missing right there. Well, I mean, if they just started the the list like a month earlier than they do now, we'd be fine. It's just they might have been there a couple of times. Yeah, we we've been all over that joint. If it if they started in September or, or early October, even, but like by the time we get to the, what the last week in October is when they start, like we're dead. Like <laughs> realignment, man. Once realignment comes around, I'm not saying they'll be on that list, but at least there'll be more yeah. of an opportunity to rise to rise up. It'll be a little more fair, but like you just it's it's hard to not look at all the barriers in the way. I mean, you're look, you're not just going to like hire some buzz cut military guy who's going to coach him up. Like that's, this is bigger than that. And uh, it's just, it's just pretty damn depressing. And in a very nifty segue, I'm going to share another spreadsheet 
but this one's for basketball. This is the analytics rankings, Kempom, ESPN, ESPN, team rankings, and Torvik. Game by game, here are the projections right now. 18.1, 18.4, 19.4, 19.2, depending on which site you look at. There you go. Does that get you in the dance? Not quite. No, you probably need to. 20, I think, to, is the magic number. Well, yeah. and you're going to need to knock off, you know, you got to knock off a Tennessee or a UCLA or somebody in December, I feel like. To I don't give think you, so. I think if you beat St. Louis, I put Miami in there, and I know it may not be Miami. And I actually guessed at these. I did it based on the rankings and where each of these sites lists Miami. So these okay. are best best guesses, but they're pretty close. Pretty close. They'll um, get some Big Ten scalps. Michigan. Yeah, they'll get some Big Ten wins if they beat St. Louis and Miami. They lose to Tennessee and UCLA, but say go eleven and nine in the Big Ten. I bet you they're in. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I would agree. I think. I think. I mean, just about any year, if you're over 500 in the Big Ten, you're going to get a look. Um, But you'd like to have a nice out-of-conference win um, if you're going to be one of those teams on the bubble. And I suspect this year, the Big Ten, I think, is pretty good, but there's no elite team again, right? So you're going to have a whole jumble of like 500-ish Big Ten teams, and I think you'd rather be one – with a nice win on your resume at a conference than one of those just kind of stuck in the middle. But I mean, that's also a first world problem. If we, if, if Maryland's able to go over 500 in big 10 this year, I'm, I'm pretty happy guy, whether it gets them in or not. Yeah. That's going to be tough. Yeah. So there's the analytics rankings. I've stopped collecting them for football because it doesn't matter anymore because very clearly the next game's a loss and the next game is a better win. Yeah, winner, winner, cry. Yeah, yeah. So I've stopped collecting it for football. The analytics fun is over for that, just like the fun for the entire season. However, hopefully, there's some. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, but otherwise, it's fine. (laughs) Hopefully, there's some basketball fun to come. I will say, let me, let me, let me. Hold on, hold on. Before, before that, let me just say one thing about football. If we're gonna do this, I will say. Even if they lose to Ohio State, which they will, if they are able to beat Rutgers and go win that bowl game, you're talking about an eight-win season. And it's not going to feel good right now in the middle of all this bullshit. But at the end of the year, you might look back at that and say, hey, that ain't so bad. So That's it's progress. not all doom and gloom, right? That's progress right there. I mean, eight wins a few years for, for a long stretch. Eight wins was unimaginable. You've got to take what you can get. It doesn't feel good right now, but you might be able to step away for a couple months, look back and say, hey, that wasn't so bad. Maybe Leah comes back next year. I don't know. So, Well, just last year, they had an even worse fall from grace. They barely squeaked into the bowl by beating Rutgers in the last week. Then we all went to that bowl game and loved every minute of it. They went seven and six. That's it. And we felt great. Yep. So – Maybe that same kind of thing can happen, and maybe there is a little bit incremental improvement, incremental improvement. We'll see what happens. That's right. That's what I'm saying. It all sucks, and it's miserable right now, and I'm just as miserable as everybody else. But, like, when you step back, they might be able to put something together that's not a terrible thing if you look at it with a little bit of perspective. That's all. That's the only positivity I can add right now. 
Hoagie is going to murder us if we talk <laughs> one more minute about football. Oh, yeah. Uh, from his mother's basement. Basketball team, we've, we've already talked about it a lot with Naki. Looked pretty good in the first three games. Optimistic, especially building those big leads before blowing them in the last few minutes. And then Saturday and Sunday are some really good games. They're going to be fun games against good teams where they could lose. So wins will feel way different if they can get them. Off to a good it's start, a good I'd say. Barometer. It's a good early barometer. Yeah. Those aren't great teams, but those are good teams. If you beat, you know, if you go one and one. Yeah, split, split there is not the worst thing in the world either, right? Yeah. Because St. Louis, you know, you don't think of St. Louis Billikens as a as a great program, except when maybe Rick Majerus was there. But the, I mean, they're they're good. They look very good. That's a quality team. And if you get Miami in that second game, that's another you know good team with good players coming back off an Elite Eight squad. So you know, there's there's some good tests here. If Maryland can pass one or two of them, you might start to be able to build up a little bit of an expectation. But I think Naki's fair to say, like, yeah, it looks good now, but slow yeah. down. Let's see what happens. These are not the Gary Parish has St. Louis at number 24. Hmm. See, there you go. I mean, that's they're a good team. So you're able to handle business on Saturday. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good win. So see what happens. Yeah. I was gonna say it probably lost its luster now, but I'm gonna say these are not the Billikens of Erwin Claggett and H. Waldman. I was, dude, I was was gonna say H. Waldman. (laughs) You stole that. I literally had that in my head. H. Waldman. That's that's what, mid-90s? Right yeah, digging deep. Yeah, maybe early 90s. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to be naming early to mid-90s Billikens. That's what not, you get here on IMS Radio. Me. Yeah, that's 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 the level of nerdery you're getting from us. That, that, wait, that was Rick Majerus, right? I don't think so. I think no, Majerus was after they, that, wasn't he? They played St. Louis in a tournament, which is why I remember them. And they beat they beat St. Louis. They beat. Them. I think. That was I think Joe that, Smith and Keith Booth teams. Johnny Dwayne. Keith. Yeah, Keith that was ninety six, wasn't it? No, ninety six or ninety seven. Ninety four. Like early to mid, yeah. Oh right, yeah, because that's right. That was that was the fresh uh, Simpkins uh, hip uh, freshman year, I think. Not their freshman year. The sophomore, sophomore year. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Okay. Then they they upset the UMass Minutemen and John Calipari in round two. Marcus Camby, right? And Dante Bright and Dana Dingle. Come yeah. on, let's go. Carmelo Travieso. Yes. Look I at the pulls him. from the old guys here. Love it. Yes. Paul, we've gone way over, but I'm still going to let you really? enjoy your favorite All right. part of the show. Paul's favorite part. Here we go. This is Wheels with your Inside Maryland Sports non-revenue sports report. It's NCAA tournament time for the men's soccer and women's field hockey programs. The men's soccer team lost to Indiana in the Big Ten semifinals. And with that loss, the Terps lost a possible NCAA tournament seed. Instead, they'll open at home against Farley Dickinson on Thursday. You can catch Farley? that game streaming on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. Fairly, right? You might as well call the women's field hockey team the Cardiac Kids. The second-seeded Terps won their first two rounds of the NCAA tournament in overtime, first against Liberty and then against Syracuse in a game that went to a shootout. The Terps will face third-seeded Northwestern, team they've split two games against, on Friday in stores at 3 p.m. The winner of that game heads to the national title game. 
You can catch that game too on ESPN+. The only other false sports team playing is the volleyball team, and they continue their Big Ten slog with a Friday night home game against number six Ohio State. And that's a wrap for your IMS non-rev sports report. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you, Wheels. game is going to be lit. Fairly Dickinson. And also, isn't it a volleyball match, not a volleyball game? That struck me as odd when he said that. Yeah, sure. He's got a great recruiting class this year, so that's going to be something. Yeah. All right. We are going to end the show with over, under. I will give you a statement with a a number involved, and you'll have to say over or under and expound if you wish. Jeff wins for the basketball season. Wins for the basketball team this season over under 19. We just saw the analytics. Say 19. As soon as you started, <laughs> you so long that as soon as you started, I knew you were going to say 19 because you always find that torture spot. Yes. Well, uh, also because I think 20 is the, I think they get 20 during the tournament. That's also why I picked 19. I think they're so right is- there. I'll go over, but if it is over, it's going to be like 20. You know, they just, he's got to build up the talent. They don't have any size. I think those we've seen they're going to scrap their asses off. So that get that's going to get you a few wins right there. Just you know the playing style. Okay, Paul. Number of seasons after this one that Loxley is the head coach at the University of Maryland over under four. Over. But, okay, I was going to say which I believe is what he has left on his contract after that extension, four more years. I believe. Yeah, I think that's right too. Um, I think it's over. I think, I think Loxley's going to get a very, very long look. And I think if again they finish in a, this season with seven or eight wins, he's going to deserve that. Uh, be able to turn this team back over and see, as Jeff said, once they get rid of these ridiculous uh, Big Ten uh, divisions, you know maybe that gives Maryland a bit more of a chance to compete. So definitely over. If Maryland is perpetual, this is a side sidebar if maryland is perpetually in the six to seven win range under under loxley how long would the fan base administration stick with that probably quite a while i think i i i mean i i i don't know so many things depend how long is damon evans here does a new athletic director come in and want to make his mark um all that stuff but i i think loxley's a pretty long leash because he is a local guy he does have that that knack for local recruiting. And I think it's, and Maryland's a shit job. Like guys, like yeah. we're a terrible P five football program. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just you, true. You just saw that list I showed, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just true. Like, like, yes, we're in a great conference. So that bumps us above say a bad team in the ACC maybe, but we're still a very bad program. That is probably going to be bad forever. So like, you want the doom and gloom, um, but with an air of truth to it, that's that's bad, probably bad, where bad we're forever, at. Paul. Come on. I'm telling you, man, it's a new world, dude. I I just I don't know, man. I just don't I don't think you can scrap your way to the top anymore the way you maybe you could 10, 15 years ago. I just don't see it. Jeff, top 100 players in Maryland's 2024 basketball class over under 2.5. Man, it's early on that one. I'll say over because they have so many options. There's there's a lot of good players locally, so it's going to be hard to strike out. And he's shown he can get local players, so I'll say over. The um, back-to-back classes with 
six top hundred players would be setting yourself up for some pretty good stuff. You can get him in and keep him. Have a solid season. No reason he can't again, especially with one of the best DMB classes we've seen in years. Yeah. Okay, Paul. Number of fans that would attend Duke's Mayo Bowl over under fifteen thousand. Maryland fans. Yeah. Uh, I would say over, but not much over. I think you'll get a. I think you got a lot of you got a lot of Maryland people that actually live down there. You wouldn't think about it, but but there are. So I, I think, you know, maybe the chance to go down there and play play would be a, a decent draw. It's drivable for just about anybody. Um, I would think. Jeff, I would think Jeff is laughing at you right now. That's fine. He can laugh all he wants. I mean, they they probably had. I mean, not quite fifteen in New York City last year. In really crap conditions um i don't know it would be close i mean if it's under it's under i i don't know i don't know for sure but i, I think it would be a decent draw um mo- mostly because of the locals being able to watch a game live that they normally wouldn't be able to but who knows maybe they're just everything's just so down that nobody's going no matter what i don't know jeff number of final fours kevin willard would have during his tenure at maryland over under 0.5 that he will go to you said over or under number of final fours he'll make 0.5 say over i think i mean it, it, he's a wild card he didn't do it in the postseason at seton hall but seton hall is not maryland uh so that's such a tough one i'll, I'll say over I, mean, I think he's gonna do big things if you don't think he's gonna go to a final four you might as well fire him now right, right. i mean that that's i think he's got the stuff that doesn't mean it's gonna happen you got to get lucky you gotta you gotta have the stuff and you gotta get a little lucky. You know, a lot of things have to go right to get in the final four, as we've seen. There's realistically there's a, a sweet 16 every other year, or and then an elite eight mixed in here and there is gonna feel like a dynasty at this point with what abs- we're conditioned to seeing. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a there's a lot of really, really good basketball teams, and four of them make it to the final four every year. Like that's your odds yeah. aren't great. Yeah. You know, lots of responses during this for this during the in the chat room while we're doing this. I should have been responding to some of them, but uh, some good stuff in there talking about the bowl game and the final fours and all of that. Paul, last one number of points in the group stage for the U.S. national team in the upcoming World Cup over under 3.5. I think they get to four, so over. I think and a draw, a draw, a win, and a loss that they probably get gets out of the through. group. Yeah, they that get gets through. them out, I think. And then think so. first round of the knockout stage. Or- yeah, I, I don't feel too great about them getting getting far in the knockouts, but um they yeah, have a you're- favorable draw though once they get out because they have that like the Cotter group, right? I th- yeah, I think they'd be looking at the Cotter group or or Netherlands and Senegal. So like not not uh, you would probably wouldn't be facing a big world power right in the round of 16, but um you know, this is the, the all these guys are young. This is first time in a World Cup. It's it's hard to break them doing too great. The the farthest the U.S. well, they have the ancient time when they went to the Final Four, but the farthest in modern times the U.S. ever made it was a group of young MLS All Stars that made it to the round of eight. So, I don't care if they're young. Yeah, no, I, I again, I I think it's entirely possible. They're certainly as talented as any team we've ever fielded in a world cup but you know they're also 
they're also kids. So it, it's, it's hard to know how they'll react when the pressure's really on. Um, but certainly the tournament is fairly favorable to them. It's in an Asian country where nobody's going to have a natural advantage. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm interested. And if and they if flame out, they flame out. If it's hot, that's good too, because yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Europeans melt when it's over, like over 70 degrees. So exactly. Okay, we'll take exactly. that. Exactly. So yeah. But and yeah, it'll be fun. My, that's just five, five days away. Yeah. Monday, first Monday game. against Wales. And, and I, I will say if you're, if you're watching live right now, there's some, you know, talking about weather, there's some wonderful snow football on, uh, what is this ESPNU? Yeah. We got some, uh, some snow, Who's snow action. Yeah. Wednesday night action, Western Michigan against, against central Michigan. And there's like six inches of snow on the ground. Is, is Maradona playing in the World Cup? He is. He is. Yes, yes. He's, he just survives on cocaine and uh, yeah. and hookers right now. So I'm going with his team. They've re- reanimated his corpse. It's great. I'm going with his team. He, he doesn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with whatever country Maradona's from. Argentina, Spain? What, what, am, I, what am I looking at? Argentina. You, you got it. Not bad. There you go. I'm, right, I'm waiting for him to pull out some other people like Johan Cruyff or oh, something yeah, like that from that from that era. I don't know. His last name sounds like some sort of bodily function, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only really old school ones that I can pull. Yeah, if you well, didn't know what a, a, if you didn't know what a Cruyff turn was, it sounds like a medical condition, right? Cruyff, how about how, how about Beckham? You know Beckham, of course. Yeah, he's a pop culture, you know phenomenon so yeah if you were asked to name u.s soccer players i bet one of the first what's the name is what's no 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 no. what's the what's the over under of number of current world cup u.s players jeff could name right now none he said none Um, you can't none and not a single one you know who freddie adu is though right oh yeah he's still playing no 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 no. No, i'm just saying that's a name everybody knows For he's some a local phenom, so I know, yeah. You know Clint Dempsey, heard of him, right? Okay. Yeah. That might be about it, though, right? Yeah. Like, I can't think other. of many others. You probably know some of the- is exciting. I'm not hating. It is exciting. I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon and watch, you know, but. Yeah, know. it's got like an Olympics feel to a lot of people, yeah. right? Like yeah. you might not know the team or the players, but it's like, hey, it's the U.S. All right, this is cool. Let's let's turn it on. The vibe is exciting, but. Yeah. You probably know a bunch of the women. Yeah. I mean, I know, obviously, uh, what's her face? Alex Morgan. Yeah. She's very famous. Uh, Rapino or Rapino, whatever. Megan Rapino. Yeah. Hope Solo, maybe? Yes. Carly Brandy Lloyd. Chastain. Brandy Chastain. Ball. She made the sports Mia Ham. I bet you know Mia Ham. Oh, of course, yeah. She was cute. There you go. See? All right. He knows some soccer players. Only the ladies. All right. This was the the show of non-Maryland. <laughs> That's every show. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. As little as we can talk about Maryland as possible in an hour and 15-minute show. Uh, they're making fun of you, Jeff, because you don't follow Paul on Twitter. I do follow I do follow Paul. What are you talking about? Oh, you just don't listen because all I do is talk about <laughs> soccer in the past week. Oh. Yeah. I do follow, but no, I, I, I don't ever have never really spent a lot of time on Twitter. The last week or so, I've 
more watched it with morbid curiosity, kind of like the car wreck. Like I, I log in, I'm like, is it still there? Like what's going on? <laughs> like, I'm not even sure, but uh, yeah. So I'm not yes. on Twitter anyway. So sure. Elon's got it figured out. Yeah. Anyway. All, all right, right, kids. Good show guys. Well, awful show, but Chris yeah. Naki part was very good. We did our best. What do you want? Everybody who's still here, please do us a favor and subscribe to the channel. We're trying to build up our followers, so please do us that favor. Thank you for joining and participating in the chat room. We may or may not be back next week. I don't know. It's Thanksgiving week. We'll see. Team has two games. If they do well, maybe we'll be excited. We'll see how that goes. If they beat Ohio State, we'll be back. How about that? (laughs) If they beat Ohio State, they're going to be frantically texting us post-game. Yeah, oh, live yeah. show. Let's go. You know what? Uh, they beat Ohio State. We're doing a live yeah. show. Yeah, absolutely. I meant the basketball team that has two games this weekend. If they do well, maybe it'll provide impetus to. Fair enough. Or who knows? Derek Queen might commit, and then we'll, that'll provide the impetus. Yeah, All right. that's Jeff. What Jeff told me. So, yeah, I have a whole list of basketball recruiting questions, and I have eight guys listed here, but nobody really wants to hear that stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. Nah. All right. See you guys next time. This is IMS Radio.